0: Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 2. Hi, this is William D. Parker from Principal Matters Podcast, the School Leaders Podcast. I normally blog on williamdparker.com, and you're invited to read my posts there that are. Weekly Updates for School Leaders. This podcast is an audio version of that blog, so thanks for joining me. Today I want to talk about learning to lead a school, and I want to start with a story. In 1975, Diana Nyad slipped into the cool waters off the Manhattan shore and began a 28-mile swim around the island that would become her first world-record swim. And four years later, she set another world record with a 102-mile trek from the Bahamas to Florida. Now, fast forward to the age of 60. After not swimming for decades, but staying active in other sports, she made it a personal goal to set a world record by swimming from Cuba to Florida. Now, Diane Nyad's 100-mile feat came after many unsuccessful attempts. Painful jellyfish attacks, hallucinations, but unwavering teamwork. And when she was 64, she achieved her incredible dream. When she was interviewed after making land, she said two things. One, never, ever give up. And two, teamwork. See, as a school leader, you may not face attacking jellyfish But you will encounter some tough challenges, whether it's an unexpected crisis, a difficult parent, a rigorous program to initiate. You're going to face some rough waters, but you'll also experience some great successes. And like a long distance swimmer, being a school leader is a marathon, not a sprint. If you take nothing else away from this introduction, just remember two things. One, to be a school leader, you must have courage and you must believe in teamwork. Some of you know me from my blog, and some of you may know me from my recently released book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Courage, and Action Needed for School Leadership. But for those of you who don't know me well, I'm a principal in a high school north of Tulsa in a small city called SkyTook. We have approximately 780 students, 50 certified teachers, and another 20 non-certified staff. I have an incredible team. I was a teacher for 10 years before I stepped into school administration. I've been an assistant principal, and now I'm principal. I have had a lot of leaders over my 20 years of education experience, and I've enjoyed meeting many leaders from other schools, other states, and across the country, and even around the world. And although I don't pretend anyone can be great at their job all the time or love it all the time, I do believe this, that strong leaders... Achieve meaningful results when they understand their goals, when they count their costs, when they run their race with endurance, and when they surround themselves with gifted team members. I want to talk about those four things. How do you understand your goals, count your costs, run your race with endurance, and surround yourselves with gifted team members? Those are the topics I like to discuss on these podcasts, so I hope you tune in to more episodes. You see, Diane Nyad didn't finish her race by gliding through the water a solitary figure in the vast ocean blue. She was amazingly courageous and gifted, but she was surrounded by boats of specialists in navigation, specialists in medicine and sea life and nutrition and communication. You see... If you're a school leader or maybe you're aspiring to be one, the lessons that we have to learn are learned the hard way through trial and error, through success and failure, and they are learned when we're surrounded by others who have learned before us, including our teammates, our students, and our school community. But even with all the support, sometimes leadership can be very lonely. Lonely. And that's why it requires courage. Someone has to make final decisions, and often when you are a principal, you're the one. So if you're willing to take the plunge into the waters of school leadership, I'd like you to stay with me. I want to give you some practical advice on understanding your motivation. I want to discuss how to handle crisis, how to deal with difficult people, how to communicate effectively, how to identify your team's key responsibility areas, and so much more. Let me start by just talking about the typical day of a principal. You know you've been there. Sometimes our typical days don't look like the days that anyone else has. 5, 15 a.m., you're up, you're dressed, maybe you're on your treadmill, maybe you're working out, maybe you're chugging down a cup of coffee. But here you are, you're heading to school. It's 6.30, you're on the road, maybe you're listening to a podcast like this one, but you are on your way knowing that this is going to be a challenging day. At 7 o'clock, you're opening up your office. You're turning on the lights in the commons, you're arriving early, and there's a student who drops in to tell you about a book he's reading or just wants to hang out and talk. It's 7.15, you're signing substitute forms, teachers are coming in to sign in, the cafeteria is starting to fill with those early kids needing lunch uh, excuse me, breakfast. At seven thirty five, more students arrive. You're beginning conversations with your assistant principals about the day, and a parent and a student come in because they've had something happening and they want to talk to you, but you've got a meeting set up in ten minutes for uh student special education meeting. At 7.45, your secretary tells you that a parent is on the line and wants to talk to you about a bullying incident, and you have to take their numbers. Uh, You ask one of your assistants to call them back so you're not late for your meeting at 7.45, which just started. At 7.47, you're there. um, You're catching up on this meeting. There's a single dad there. He's worried because his son is behind on credits, and he's not taking his work seriously. You coach, you cajole, you counsel because that's what you do. At 8.30, you're back in your office and the parent who has the bullying concern is at the school and meeting with one of your assistants and you fill in your secretary on the plans that you had that day to visit classrooms. You answer questions about the calendar. uh, You check your voicemail. You forward transcripts, requests to a school uh, that's out of state that couldn't get a hold of your registrar. You, You answer email questions from the business office concerning a teacher's certification. It's 9 o'clock and you're in a classroom finally and you're trying to observe a teacher and you're logging into your state-mandated teacher observation software, uh, but your iPad keeps um, jamming and so you can't get logged in, so you switch to pen and paper and you just take notes the old-fashioned way. It's 10 o'clock and you're in the hallway for the passing period and then you're reminding a student— um, that makes daily announcements, not to forget about the freshman basketball team and their game last night, and you say hello to a therapist who's come by to see students uh, in the counseling office, and you touch base with your assistant principals about the bullying report and other items that they've been dealing with that morning. It's ten 15. You're returning a phone call to a parent of a student who is emergency suspended and is um, trying to finalize an upcoming meeting date, Uh, Your school counselor stops in to ask some questions about course selections, about the information system. Uh, This prompts another conversation about a conflict in the flowchart for traditional and advanced coursework students. It's 11 o'clock, and you're in another classroom doing an observation. It's 11.45, and you're in the lunchroom for second lunch trying to supervise uh, students. There's a teacher um, who is raising money to get pies in the face, and they ask you if he 'll participate it 's twelve thirty and you 're meeting with your student resource officer who 's informed you uh, that they um, that there 's a situation that will require police presence on campus you 're going to have some there 's going to be a student who 's eighteen or uh, and who 's going to be arrested. Uh, you have one thirty uh, it 's uh, the superintendent 's calling um, you 're giving him an update on the parent call this morning about the bullying situation that happened on the bus because his parents now contacted the media um, and they want to know questions about exactly what's happened. Um, It's 2 o'clock and you're reading more emails. You're calling the State Department to ask a question about a report that's due. You're responding to an invitation to an upcoming conference. You're approving maintenance requests, transportation requests. You're signing timesheets. It's 2.50. School's dismissing. You're in the commons. You're supervising, then you're back to your desk. You're answering email. You're calling your wife. You're working on a PowerPoint for an upcoming workshop. It's 4 o'clock, and you're still there. Uh, You're sitting in a school gym. You're watching your daughter's basketball scrimmage. um, You're talking to the athletic director. You're checking some emails from your phone. It's 5.30, and you are finally eating a quick bite with your daughter um, on on the way to a boys' basketball game that's scheduled that night, and it's 8 o'clock and the game is starting late because uh, one of the other games had gone overtime. It's 9.30, and you catch just a small glimpse of your son, who's 8 years old, before he goes to sleep. Uh, You peek into the room of your two younger daughters, who are already in bed, and it's 10.30, and before sleeping, you talk to your wife about the events of the day. Uh, You check your phone one more time. You update a blog draft. You plug in your phone, and you sleep. Now, Not all days are like this for principals, but if you aren't exhausted by that description, you should be. Some of your days are crazier, and some are less hectic, but being a principal means constant change, constant problem-solving. It is not an easy task. What you have to guard yourself against in all of the doing is losing the sight of reaching the goals that you've set for yourself and your students. What happens often is that the urgent, the things that take immediate attention so often pull us away from the things that are the most important. So how do we keep perspective? How do we keep our focus on what matters most? Over the next few weeks, I want to explore these questions with you, but I don't want to leave you here. I do want to give you some some important things to think about before you listen to this next episode, or perhaps this is the only episode you listen to, so I don't want you to get away without something tangible to hold on to. As you wrestle with your question about purpose, let me ask you to think about some motivations, because these are a couple of things that keep me going on these crazy days. Here's two things that I want you to think about about your job as a school leader. Number one, your job is to create a place of security, stability, meaning, and mission. Now, I should say help create because you don't have the power to create those things, but you have the responsibility to foster them and to cultivate them. It's our responsibility as leaders to foster a place where students feel safe to learn, where there's stability, consistency, where there's a place where people feel like they have a meaning and a mission for being there. Number two, your job is to redeem, repair, rescue, rebuild what is broken or needs improvement. That's hard to explain in a short time. But let me repeat that. Your job is to redeem, repair, rescue, rebuild what is broken or in need of improvement. You are doing more than just management. You're doing more than just showing up and answering questions or solving problems. You are a part of something bigger. You are a part of something that is taking something that may be broken or perhaps going in the wrong direction and steering it in the right direction of redeeming something that may not be turning out the right way at first, but you're going to help it You're going to guide it in the right direction. I could talk about all these things in more detail, but I want to stop there. I am no Diane Nyad. My name is not listed in the Hall of Fame, and I have met many leaders over my time, some who have been successful and some who haven't. But there are some consistent themes that I've seen in the challenges that we all face. And I just want to remind you that what you do matters. I hope you'll tune in next time as we talk more about your purpose and your motivation that keeps you going and that prevents leaders from burnout. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. And thanks for doing what matters.